War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you are listening to the john DePietro show folks it's weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, topetro.com. It's Monday. It is July 18th. Uh, weather's a little spotty. Um, but I'll tell you, dark clouds are forming over the McKee campaign. And talk about the hits keep coming. Now, first of all, Governor McKee, Channel 12 with the uh, scoop that uh, the FBI... They are looking into the University Club on the east side of Providence. So big story with Governor McKee and the FBI on Friday. And now we have this story, Boston Globe breaking it. Rhode Island Governor McKee's senior advisor arrested in Vermont on felony charges. Christopher Farrell, 38 years old, Pawtucket, charged unlawful trespass, unlawful mischief, according to the Vermont State Police. So the McKee campaign is becoming like a a crime family, for crying out loud. Farrell joined McKee's administration when the governor took office after former Governor Mundo was appointed Commerce Secretary. He's earning $123,000 annually, one twenty-four. dollars um, Laura Hart says we're not going to comment any further. He's been put on administrative leave pending the outcome of this personal personnel matter. Uh, McKee, Rhode Island's previous lieutenant governor, was the mayor of Cumberland, where Farrell grew up. In a 2021 article, Farrell admitted being a troubled young man without a purpose till McKee recruited him to create a hangout space for other town youth. It was from that point McKee became his mentor. Prior to uh, joining McKee, Farrell worked at four Connecticut-based law firms, graduated from Quinnipiac. Um, director of Community Outreach, Rhode Island Attorney General's Office, Regional. So, Rhode Island College grad, 2006. But something is up with Governor McKee, with now a senior advisor, felony charges for the McKee administration. Now, folks, this comes on the heels of the news that Channel 12, with the scoop, the fact that the feds are looking into the University Club, which was made famous. This was in... um, in 2002, it started to emerge that the University Club wanted to do some renovations. Cianci wanted to block it because he had been a denied membership there in the late 70s. So then members of the University Club came in and they offered Cianci a lifetime membership of the club. That was also the famous Christmas party where Charlie Hall entertained and he did an impersonation of Cianci. So that's when the University Club uh, hit the headlines. And now here it is, another FBI probe, and it has to do with, in fact, the University Club. Let's hear it. This is the Channel 12 piece. We've learned investigators have served a subpoena. 
Latina on the University Club, an exclusive East Side organization in Providence. It's all part of an ongoing investigation into a state contract awarded by the McKee administration to consulting firm ILO Group. The news was confirmed by the president of the club's board. As Target 12 first revealed, ILO Group was formed by employees of a close confidant to Governor McKee and was launched just days after he took office. The state awarded ILO Group a lucrative education contract. It's unclear what information investigators are seeking from the university club. The president of the club declined to comment on specifics. Now, folks, again, as much as that seems a little generic, the part about that that's most damaging is now everybody is going to investigate this, meaning all the other news sources, because you want things independently. I don't know if everyone understands that, but... For instance, all right, so Channel 12 got the story, but 10 wants to do their own story, and they're not going to quote Channel 10. And the Providence Journal wants to do their own story, and Channel 6 and the Boston Globe and on and on. So what is uh, where this is bad news is I have been questioning, how does Governor McKee, how does he you know, campaign? How does he get on a debate stage? How does he do anything? when his administration is the subject of an FBI probe. Now one of his senior advisors is arrested, felony charges over the weekend by Vermont State Police. So you have the governor uh, ensnared in this FBI probe. You have a senior advisor to McKee now being arrested, felony charges, a senior advisor to, to Governor McKee. So I I don't see how, I mean, he is... The, the, all the McKee campaign news is ending up in the police log in the paper. I mean, this, this is uh, there's nothing good about it. Put it that way. Um, the governor seems to have been struggling, and and it's getting late in the game. I know some people don't get that, but I mean, it's it's Monday. It's July 18th. Uh, August is two weeks away. When you hit August, early vote. Think of this: early voting starts. A month from this Sunday, a month from this Sunday, August, today is the 18th. Next Sunday is July 24th. Early voting starts Wednesday the 24th. So uh, 30 days out from early voting. And folks, that's why, listen, it's wrong. Uh, we have some other interesting stories on the website. I want you to check at petro.com. We have a story coming up about... Boy, now the motorcycle gangs, the feud that has taken place. There was a shooting over the weekend. You have two big high-profile gangs, the Pagans. They have a uh, clubhouse in Pawtucket. And then, of course, you have the Hells Angels. They have their clubhouse, Mesa Street. So, um, And there was a shooting over the course of the weekend. I have exclusive details on that I'm going to share coming up. But this is um, for... for for Governor Key, we also have um, the latest now when Senator Mack has this very vulgar uh, level that she's taken her whole act to. You can read about that. It's, it's unprecedented in, in how vulgar it is, and yet still gets a free pass from, from local media. And, and on top of that, um, just the latest on Governor McKee and the FBI. I think uh, they're expanding their investigation. They're not limiting the scope of the investigation. It remains to be seen, can someone win a primary when they are the subject of an FBI probe? Uh, I'm hearing that the lieutenant governor is doing less appearances with him. The Matos people, Lieutenant Governor Matos, they want to distance themselves from Governor McKee. That's what I'm hearing anyway. I can't say I blame them. They don't want the, uh, the taint of the FBI probe rubbing off on them. So it's an FBI probe Monday with Governor McKee. Um, again, nothing good about it. All bad. Now a senior advisor being arrested. Felony charges over the weekend. The, uh, the, McCain, the McKee, <laughs> McKee campaign is at this point, it's like almost in free fall for Corona. I mean, it is just, it's falling. It's falling fast. You don't know where the bottom is. Uh, if this is how the week starts, where he has... Uh, a senior advisor being arrested on felony charges. By the way, Governor McKee also won't tell the public whether or not he's cooperating with the FBI, if he's in question by the FBI. None of this bodes well for the former mayor of Cumberland. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 
885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 listing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Right on the left-hand side, you'll see Listen Live. You click on that, press the play button, and it is clear as can be. It's time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to just follow up and uh, just start off, if you don't mind, with uh, this latest with Senator, State Senator Tara Mack caught a lot of attention for her uh, upside down beach twerking video, caught a lot of attention nationally. But um, some of her posts uh, in the aftermath of that, they continue to be very vile. Uh, She was even attacking Senate president. And I just want to get your thought that I, I just don't recall a time that I think the local media was actually intimidated by by someone maybe i'd have to go back to um buddy sancy and the plenary investigation at times there were members of the press you you know he could be an intimidating fa- uh, uh, figure if he wanted to be but just um i i still maintain if this were another political person there's so much here because she immediately goes to that it's race that it's gender it's it's sexual preference but um but I, I, I think in many ways she she has been given kind of soft treatment by the local media. I think that's that's correct. The the contrast to Buddy Sands is actually kind of interesting. I mean, he was in some ways he was he was mainly intimidating. I've, I mean, the controversy over his hitting somebody with an ashtray. You know, so that's yeah. there's a there's a physical intimidation there. Whereas right. in this case, this is the Good this point. is the, the buildup of the political. Uh, political leverage for progressives i mean you, and it, it is pretty stark compared with everybody everybody else who has to kind of walk on eggshells with any kind of commentary about anything uh, max attitude here is fully and as we as we've discussed she even said out loud when she was first election elected that there should be no bad press about me that is yep. fully her attitude and so she's it's been a trend uh, on on both sides of the aisle over recent years to just to just brazen it out and I think our political incentives have become that you don't apologize you just you brazen it out you you just keep no no fear just charge forward and either you make it or you don't she's kind of taking that to a really uh, excessive level where she's she's brazenly trolling it's it's almost like she's daring people with with some of her latest posts that are getting more and more vulgar as as time goes on uh it's just she she's daring the news media daring her political opposition to make an issue of her obviously inappropriate behavior and it's it's hopefully at some point she'll start to pay a price you would think she would the, she keeps getting the you know the reasonable interviews and, and not the you know not what a conservative would get if they were doing something Posed on the other side, but it starts to make you worry that if, if she's not some kind of weird outlier, but is rather a harbinger of things to come, it's like in a movies or fiction where where the young, immature, angry people take over and, and cause real damage. I mean, if you think of I don't know, Dark Knight Rises, where they started setting up inquisitional trials, or or Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, for that matter, the French Revolution. That's what it starts to feel like, where they can do no wrong. They insist you you not only accept their behavior, but applaud it uh, and and just totally rewrite all the norms. And she said that's what she wants to do. And that's what where I think the news media in particular is really falling down, because 
even if you want to pretend to be objective, that is an that is a controversial and potentially dangerous and reckless uh, objective to, to put forward. And you'd think there would be not just the sit down interviews with her all dressed up as if, hey, look at me, I'm just a normal person. Uh, but not just that, but asking other political commentators, what do you think of this? Other political figures, should this be the way it goes? And, and they, I mean, they did ask the governor, as you pointed out last week, but he kind of was able to laugh it off. Oh, yeah, 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 I haven't seen it. That's, that's not acceptable when somebody's doing something so extreme and so such an attack on, on the way we, we do, our, do our politics. And, and not only that, but um, that I go back to Justin that, you know, Ted Nisi, who's the senior, you know, political person at Channel 12. I mean, sitting down. I mean, I, I like the guy. I know the guy. He seemed intimidated. This latest go round how she is basically, you know, using a phrase that's akin to telling voters to perform a sexual act on her. And Justin, I go back to Justin Price when word hit that he had been, you know, at in and around or somewhere in D.C. at the Capitol the Republican rep, January 6th, they were at his house. The television stations were in the driveway. It almost sounds like, or seems like, that local media, they, they're almost, they're content seemingly to now just ignore her because they're fearful of her. She has kind of been successful with, if you come after me, I'm going to claim racism. I'm going to claim it's it's also because of my sexual preference. It's 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 because of my gender. And these intimidation tactics, at least for now, seem to be working. The one thing that also really surprised me is she used her platform at TikTok to go after the Senate president, go after him, something that happened in the late 80s. And it, it is just most of the time uh, that would be a big story if this were, you know, a Republican. You think of the press Patricia Morgan got when she wrote a thing about that critical race theory cost her a friendship. And that was a huge story. Um, if anyone wondered, I think Justin Katz, if there's a double standard, I, I think this illustrates it because she, uh, Senator Mack has clearly gotten the upper hand now. And as you say, you're right. She is like daring them to almost come after her because she is so ready to just turn this and say, it's nothing more. And she's getting this treatment because of uh, race, gender, and sexual preference. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's the position uh, yep. the mainstream has put itself in with all the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff. I mean, you you the intersectionality. She's got it all, right? My, minority, female, uh, sexual minority, queer, whatever. You know, put it in there, and she is she's positioned herself at the peak of of intersectionality. And so, these people who believe that and who know that elite universities have been pushing this stuff for a generation uh, they, they're probably right to be fearful but the the thing is the only power any of this has on it is caring about the opinions of that sort of person and they right. do care and that's the problem they could step outside of it and, and like the old school journalists who were content to be despised by everybody it was almost like a badge of honor uh, that that could come back and they could say you know what whatever go ahead and try to cancel me but then again their their businesses as we saw with gene valicenti when he criticized uh tiara mac very mildly for a photo early on um the, they're not standing on firm ground with their own with their own employers and, and supporters so yeah they're, they're probably right to be scared but it's, it's not a healthy thing they've got to start finding some backbone you know that's a, a excellent point again folks our segment is politics this week it was a 10 news conference it was to start the year it was with uh speaker sakachi and also senate president dominic ruggiero and, and Channel 10, they pulled it before it ran. They first posted it up online before it ever ran on television. And there was uh, the picture of them saying, we're not coming to the table at the State House. We're bringing the table. And the word he used was, that's a fierce pose. And they often say, you know, that's they're fierce and they'll fiercely fight and all this other stuff. And there was such backlash that Channel 10, they actually pulled the segment and didn't run it for fear that it was causing such an uproar. So that's that's an excellent point, Justin, that that kind of set the tone of uh, of how and it, the, the one last part about this is that no one will call her out on this business that will twerk for abolishing prison, will twerk. I mean, it's so just ridiculous. It's like something out of, I, I don't even know if it's junior high or college or, 
but they they seem more content to ignore it. Yeah, we both know if there was this was a Republican scandal, they'd they'd be all over it. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, uh, Governor McKee, now it's been a little quiet. He certainly has been out there aggressive. He's trying different things, whether it be the Momentum campaign or uh, he, he has abandoned press conferences now. He'll just talk at a ribbon-cutting or announcement that someone's getting a grant. But, uh, but boy, Channel 12 on Friday night broke the story that now the University Club, of all places, that was heavily involved with the Buddy Sancy case in Operation Plutonome, where they made accusations. He was holding up. Sancy wanted a lifetime membership to the club and in exchange for he was holding up some business uh, – they were upgrading the facility, and suddenly now it hits that the FBI is apparently uh, doing some kind of investigating with the University Club, the east side of Providence, that ties in with that ILO contract. Um, I, I think just, you know, if Governor McKee thought he was going to somehow get from now to the primary without any talk of the FBI, that, that went up in flames on Friday night. Right. Well, I think that's the, I mean, I'm, there are no details that I've been able to see about what the FBI is interested in there. So it could be, it could be a mild connection or somebody met there or something, but the, but I think the, the key to this story right now is the point you've been making is this investigation is out there and it's rightly every little detail is news. And so it's going to keep popping up and keep popping up and reminding people that the, this governor is already, you know, in, in a, partial term that isn't he didn't even win but was appointed because the governor moved out of office <clears throat> he's under investigation and for for moves he made in office and that's not a good a, a good shadow to be under when you're trying to claim office particularly well I, i'm not even sure what his image is but it used to be kind of you know squeaky clean and and you know, getting things done as a mayor and that kind of thing and so he's just not in a good place with this and, and just so people understand, uh, if they're looking into, because I spoke with law, law enforcement, said, you know, there could be someone said that there was a meeting in person that maybe initially someone didn't list. Uh, they may have surveillance video to see who was there. Uh, may have been more than one meeting. Uh, who knows what, when it's something like that, people could recall who was there. Someone could have overheard something. But I think, Justin, a couple things about this. Number one, Governor McKee's people said they're not going to comment on it initially, and uh, he's already said he's not going to comment. He won't mention if he's been contacted by the FBI, cooperating with the FBI. Justin Katz, I, I don't think that washes. Hey, you're the governor. You don't, you don't get to tell us, you know, if you had some friends over for your you know, family member's birthday party over the weekend, you don't want to disclose the guest list. This is I, I don't think he has the right to do that, and I am already going to predict that he's going to be kind of you know, squeamish that to me, that tells me that the investigation, as someone said, is, is very thorough, expanding. They really want to verify, you know, what people are saying. And 
I, I don't think he should be allowed to get away with. I'm not going to answer any questions about that. I think the taxpayers, we have a right to know they're investigating something that happened in his role as governor. Um, I, I don't think he's on firm ground with I'm, I'm not going to answer any questions about this. Well, I mean, putting aside whether he has a right to, I, I don't think he should want to. I mean, it's just, right. imagine if he Good had point. imagine if he had disclosed everything he possibly could and just put this on a list. Oh, yeah, I met with some people at the university club. If he had said that, say, four or five, six months ago, it wouldn't be news now. But the right. fact he's, he's keeping his mouth shut, it makes it look suspicious, but it also ensures that we'll keep getting these little little tidbits through the election. But so I, I think he should have, I mean, assuming he didn't commit a crime, I, I think he should have, have from the beginning just jumped in there and said, look, nothing happened here. Here's everything I know. I don't even care if there's an investigation. This is all the information. Take it, look at it digest it and then by by august we'll be done with it i i think that that should have been his tack all along but as uh, his running theme is he and his people are not very good at this so um i think they'll they'll let it keep leaking out through the election i'm anxious to see he's been doing a lot of appearances uh channel 12 got the exclusive on the fbi this university thing it also draws parallels to plundome and cnc which is not good you know, for, for the right. governor, even if it's it's a matter of a meeting. But if you're, you know, that was the Channel 12 story. The, you know, the Boston Globe hasn't had a story on this yet, but you got to believe they're working on it. So is Channel 10. Brian Crandall was the one that broke that, that there was an FBI probe. Um, so will the Providence Journal. This will be each media outlet. They want to, you know, have their story on the FBI investigation, the, the, uh, university club involvement if if they and obviously the fbi is getting you know information from there um it's it's not going to go away and and justin i just think this completely throws off you know here he is and he's trying to do a press conference and a ribbon cutting with uh senator reed or whoever um you know who wants to be standing up there next to the guy that that the media, the press is then asking questions about an FBI probe. I, I think, and it's the summertime, uh, and it's certainly fair game. And this also raises the questions I've been saying all along. I, 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 w- I want to see him get up on a debate stage and be able to handle questions. And the first questions out of the box are going to be about an FBI probe. I, I just don't think he's that skilled. I think you'd have to be a certain individual that could pull that off. And I don't think that's in his toolbox. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, he. I think he'll. He he won't have a good answer. He'll probably look pretty nervous. And part of the indication is the way you know he's been handling it so far. I mean, there's there's a way to. I mean, as we were saying with Senator Mack, there's a way to brazen it out a bit. And there, he, it's just not his forte to do that. He'll have no. talking points, and he might hit on a couple. Maybe they'll they've had enough time to craft something. Um, but yeah, I think he's not. He's not that character who can sort of stride right through this he's he's timid appearing and and not very strong on his feet which is why it still amazes me that that he wouldn't come in and say into office and say we are doing everything by the book not a single thing looks shady in my partial term so that i can be elected that the that they didn't do that from the beginning is, is a very strong signal of the kind of character that of the administration or that there's something something there and yeah well his, exactly uh, his, his legal advice is to, to which is normally don't say anything now justin at, at, and, um, on a side note you know the progressives are pushing and they want governor mckee to sign into law uh you know even more um however you want to say an abortion coverage uh abortion services uh even expand them in some way um, I, I know at the end of last week, the McKee people said that basically, despite what, you know, the progressives that you can't you know listen to them, that is basically his hands are tied. And I don't think with the Supreme Court ruling that he'd be allowed to do that. But I think it also just shows the the push that they don't care what the laws are or what you can or can't do. It, it is the political left that just keeps pushing the Democrat Party even farther left. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the issue here is that there are laws preventing the state from funding abortion through 
employees or Medicaid. Uh, and the General Assembly deliberately did not change those laws, this this term. The idea that the governor should swoop in with an executive order to wipe away the law, as you say, they they don't care what the law is. They no. want their policy however they can get it, uh, and that's it. But I think there, there's an interesting dynamic here in Rhode Island. I mean, what you see with the, the abortion activists is there's a lot of funding for them in an area like Rhode Island. Yeah. They've got a lot of support among the elite in the state, including the media, the politicians, other activists and, and you know, wealthy donors and that kind of thing. So you've got an activist class who's be getting paid to push abortion. And but the policies are about as radical as you can get in Rhode Island. And so what do you do? Well, now we have to find something else. Let's start funding it. And I think that's a good a good indication of, of the danger when you have this sort of uh, homogeneity of views where everybody agrees about a particular thing and and they're all on board with the radicals, you get to the point where they have incentive to keep pushing it, uh, to keep keep trying to make it more and more and more radical. And I think abortion particularly is an issue on which most people don't understand just how radical the view is that the, the policy is at this point and that's that's a real danger but I, I think it's a good lesson for all of us that they will undermine everything because they have to in order to keep their jobs as activists that's exactly right and and, and as some people have stated you know in other states where you're seeing that is a, a discussion of you know 15 weeks or something like that in in rhode island where rhode island's an outlier in where the the state house where they they truly want to go to birth and even actually you know sadly and as disturbing as it sounds even post-birth that's how far they are that's how extreme they are uh nothing to do with you know life of the mother or a teenager this is is basically they they would like to have the state the you know most less restrictive uh, place in America. That's their goal. Totally out of touch with really where the, the rest of the country is. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, Call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, uh, our next topic that I just wanted to get your thought on is I've noticed, and I'm not trying to single anybody out, but just some of the local media are wondering, like, gee, where are all the press conferences? Where are, there haven't been any debates. Um, You don't see billboards up out there talking about for the campaigns. They don't seem to be in the past. That is true. Uh, Someone would have a press conference to announce a policy on, you know, topic A and then another press conference on topic B. They all seem surprised at how, like, under the radar the campaigns are. But I want to come back to, and I think, you know, this outlet and you and I really, maybe a few others, but have been talking about it. But I, I don't think the media, it still hasn't hit them yet that to me, because of the extended provisions that Common Cause, John Marion, the media all went along with, uh, that you know, early voting starts August 24th, the amount of ballot harvesting that is now allowed, that the, the, the essence of the way a campaign was run in the past has been completely hijacked. There's, there's no more of a battle of ideas, issues, your position versus someone else. They have either knowingly or unknowingly completely turned this into 
just hit the streets, collect ballots, ballot boxes, ballot harvesting. Um, it, it's it's no longer about you know democracy and campaigns the way we knew them. Maybe they don't fully get it yet, but this is all about spending money, time on the streets and physically collecting ballots. Right. And without having to persuade anybody, it's more just right. getting, finding your, using data mining and finding your base and just making sure that you get all their votes and, and plug them into the box, send somebody with the, they get the signatures and, and there you go. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the, the story, the, the progressive story of history is uh, what will it hurt followed by how are we supposed to know? And I think that's, I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. I, I think they really, uh, well, some of them know and scheme, but I think in the media in particular, the political commentators and such often just they, they don't think these things through they just think everything will hold the same except yeah. there will be more freedom and people can vote whenever they want and when it's easy and that way we're not suppressing any votes no you changed the nature of elections it's not yes. about who can persuade the public through public means on tv uh, through campaign events no it's about who can use their resources and pro- make enough promises to special interests to get on that ballot harvesting list of who they're going to harvest ballots for. And that that's where we are. And I think the irony for the news media is that it's going to cost them a lot of money because there's yes. no reason to advertise on them. That money is going to be going no. to ballot harvesters. So, yes. uh, you know, good on you, news media. You, you've just further eaten into your revenue streams. But that's that's really where we are, the, the danger of it. There's just no reason to campaign. I think it was Joe Fleming, who's a pollster and political commentator on WPRI mainly, uh, was saying, well, I've been saying for months that the candidates have to start doing something to excite voters. No, they don't. No. <laughs> they, they, they do something to... It, to excite the special interests who control the ballot harvesters. That's all yes. they have to do. And they can do that in shady back rooms. This, I mean, you, the this kind of policy, when everything is ballots that you can mail in or put in a box at any time within three months of an election, this is exactly how you get the backroom deals, the shady, uh, shady arrangements, promises, and, and fake ballots and that's we we've managed to have maybe the one of the worst ways you can possibly do democracy it's it's kind of it's shocking one to have that happen but it's in in way it's more shocking to have to wonder whether why it is that all these people who supposedly know what they're doing and supposedly keep an eye on this stuff and think things through just don't see it coming they really don't in and on top of that i'm calling it the scavenger hunt election i mean that's really what it's becoming it's teams of people combing through this also makes it just in gets i mean i i don't know about you i don't see how someone unless you win providence and we're talking about the democrat primary now um not just mayoral providence there was a piece gee you know where's the campaign for mayor of providence it's two months to the primary you know you don't see a lot of debates you don't see a lot of enthusiasm uh you don't see billboards up they they it's as if the media doesn't even understand what is has taken place here and i I think a lot of people that are listening and others that are following it, they're also going to be slow to fully understand. But when you unleash it, that, and as I've said, in 2020, 65% of the votes were cast before election day. So with 65-35, I am predicting that this time around it's going to be, I think it's going to be as high as 80-20, meaning 80% of the ballots will be will be cast before the polls open on election day. What another part of this, uh, Justin, that people don't understand is these ballots that are in the drop boxes, they're counting in real time. So I was at uh, an event recently and and the Democrat elected official that I was talking to, she doesn't even fully understand. She's like, oh, you mean the mail ballots? They don't go to those unless it's close. I said, see, this is someone still doesn't get it. They they if you vote and drop your ballot into the ballot box the day before. Well, you're already up one nothing. Now, it's going to be a lot more than that. But I I vote election day. I'll go and vote on election day. But I don't see how someone could win the Democrat primary unless you win Providence. So it's basically putting everything all on just Providence. Obviously, for the mayoral, it's one thing, but it's also the, the Democrat primary. That's why Governor McKee chose Sabina Matto. So it's basically McKee against Nelly Gorbea. As far as the Providence mayoral, I heard one of the candidates just in the past couple of weeks 
registered 5,000 new voters in the Silver Lake section of province. So let's just step back for a moment. You can appreciate how many that is. 5,000 new people in a state that people aren't moving into. Silver Lake is also, it's, it's predominantly Spanish. It's predominantly Guatemalan. There's no one checking. My interpretation of that is they just, they registered to vote 5,000 people that arrived here or live here from came here from Guatemala. They are now on the, 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 the voter rolls and they're going to take part in the election. And there's nothing that would kick that out and say, hey, wait a minute, these people shouldn't have voted. Right. Well, and, and even if there were, if, if you can get that amount of people, the system set up so that the, uh, some good number of them are going to slip through anyway. Uh, right. And, but and, and in the, alone, even without the additional worries about illegal voting, just the just the ability to do that. Where are you finding 5000 people who weren't already registered to vote who will right. vote? It's just that that would have been unheard of not long ago because right. you were registering people who actually had to go vote when you when you're registering people who you can now go to their house and say, here's the ballot. Let me sign it, uh, fill it out and let me take it for you. You know, that that changes the game completely, exactly as, as you've, you've just been saying. You know, recently there was a, a, a back in the spring, but a Republican gathering on a Saturday. They were excited in the course of an afternoon in Coventry. I think they they registered 30 new people to vote or something like that. And that was like teams of people and 30 people. Um, one other part of this that also, and again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week with us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Uh, something else the media does not highlight is in the report that came out about the census, something that no one disputed was in 2016, there were 54,000 non-English speaking people, foreign born is what they call it, living in Providence. So, I, I mean, I've been told you can certainly raise that number for 54,000 in 2016, even if you did it conservatively, you're still talking uh, of a city of 170,000 people. That, that's a large number, um, almost 60,000 maybe that could be, fought, quote, foreign born. And Justin, what's, what's ironic is in the course of all the elections, if we're to you know, believe our elected officials, not one of those people somehow either got their name on a ballot, got hands on a ballot, somehow took part in the process. Um, I, as you say, I, I just I refuse to believe that when you're talking about 60,000 people, even more than that, you could fit Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play. Are we supposed to believe that not one of those people voted? I, I for one, I just refuse to believe that. Well, I, I refuse to believe that the that anybody in the well, the Democrat Party, but in the Rhode Island establishment, actually cares. I mean, that's the next. They're yeah. gonna they'll pivot pretty soon. They're gonna pivot to saying, "Well, look at how many there are. They ought to be able to vote. How can we? Right. It's, it's human right to control the 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 city in which they live. Good it's point. democracy. And New York City has actually tried to to allow that sort of voting. Yep. Um, and I, I think the, it's currently being chased up the court system because it's unconstitutional to let non-citizens vote but the that's where they're headed and they'll and in, in typical fashion what they'll do is they'll deny it and deny it and deny it and pretend no there's no problem no problem no problem until the day they say oh well we have to let them vote uh, and that's that's where they're headed but and i think a, a lot of this may be contributing to that is this this idea of just registering tons of people and letting them vote however it's it's in order to solidify and get people comfortable with that sort of looseness and as we're as we're discussing right now it's there are consequences you don't just do that and keep everything else the same that's just not how 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 reality works and i think the consequences are going to be severe and i want listeners to understand these individuals will never set foot inside of a polling place. There's no reason to because of the voting uh, new guidelines and, and forms of voting that they've allowed. There's, there's no reason to. There are campaign people that could go and collect their ballots for them. So you don't have to, you know, they would never, even if someone said, well, we're going to check voter ID at the polling places. It, it doesn't matter. Justin Katz, uh, folks, again, our segment is politics this week. I'm wondering what effect. President Biden, obviously, the presidency is like going down in flames. He's, he just had a horrendous week. The fist bump, uh, the first lady misspoke. His polling numbers are uh, the lowest we've seen in modern times. What type of effect do you think the Biden effect could have on our Rhode Island elections? 
<laughs> well, I mean, to answer that, you look, you, you need only look at the, some of the polling that's saying, I think it was a New York Times poll recently, said 64% of Democrats don't want him to run again. Yeah. So, and, and I think it was 94% of Democrats under 30, <laughs> this, almost 100% of Democrats under 30 do not want Joe Biden to run for president again. So there's, there's no coattails there. There are negative coattails, Any, anybody associated with him. And yet the, the, the bigger challenge that makes it kind of an, an interesting, complicated question is he's hugging the far left and, and governing as yeah. demo, as progressive Democrats want somebody to govern. So at the same time, you've got a president who's giving them everything they want and they, the people still don't want him around. Uh, that's a, an interesting question for, for, for politicians down the ticket is how do you, how do you sort of embrace the president's policies and not embrace the president? Of course, part of the answer is that I think that they shouldn't embrace the policies because he's, he's giving the progressives everything they want, but that's part of why he's unpopular. Most, the, the most important issues, according to people, are economy and inflation. And what we're seeing from Biden and, and Democrats, especially progressive Democrats, is abortion, uh, guns, all kinds of other issues that are not the economy. Uh, and that, that's, that's a challenge for them to try to walk that line. And it's going to be interesting. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see a, a swing in the other direction, whether that can hold through the next presidential election, we'll see. One thing in the, it's interesting, too, is if you look at the, the polls, Donald Trump, supposedly the bane of, of American politics, is about is statistically and almost exactly on the paper evening out with joe biden unfavorability right. new york times he's actually slightly less unfavorable of course it's well within the margin of error but uh, i mean that's that's also goes to show you the i think right to that the media bias we, we talk about so frequently where it's you know you've got you've got donald trump who's supposedly this this unmentionable figure and yet he's neck and neck with joe biden who, who is supposedly not an unmentionable figure? Uh, that's that's just how far the uh, the media line, you know, kind of drags Joe's carcass along. I think. Justin, race for governor, Democrat side. Do we have any reason to believe? Uh, latest poll had Gorbea, uh, McKee, and then folks, and then Matt Brown way below. Anything stand out to you? Any reason to believe that? Other than McKee with the FBI, he could actually uh, an investigation and more press on that could could maybe even slide to third here. But any any thoughts on the race for governor? Well, one one thing that caught my eye and not not just limited to the the governor. I mean, if you if you look at the the treasurer race with Stephen Pryor and James yes. Deosa was very very close in the party nomination, uh, yeah. even though Deosa. And what makes that interesting with respect to the governor's race is if, if you look at the Democrats in Newport, they endorsed Gorbea. Ruggiero for lieutenant governor and prior. So it starts to make you wonder, it looks like there's kind of two establishment factions at this point. Um, and I, it, I'm not sure, I don't see any reason to believe that Gorbea couldn't beat out uh, McKee at this point. Of course, the very, the huge variable, as we've discussed before, is folks who's, who's climbing up the ranks and, and pro probably, I think, taking a lot of what votes that probably McKee would get otherwise. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see that, that, factional the prior diosa you know if, if you align mckee with matos and diosa versus uh, gorbea ruggiero ruggiero and uh and prior it, it makes for an interesting picture of who is kind of running things and i mean prior is kind of the old raimondo camp is that still strong i'm not i'm not sure it might be i mean she still has a lot of sway i'm sure in the area um, Ashley Kalis, uh, I was surprised. I thought she could have weighed in on the Tierra Mac thing. Would have got her some press. I think 90%, maybe even 95% of the public thought that it was embarrassing. It was immature. It was unprofessional. She could have said as a woman, I really frown upon that. Um, have you heard anything from the Kalis Republican campaign that, that stands out in your mind right now? I haven't. I, um, I don't know what they're just trying to keep things positive and smooth but yeah. as I mean, it could they should be trying to make the democrats hug joe biden and tiara mack i mean yes. that's, that's kind of they could be Excellent. out there i like of that course, they're yes. the, 
the problem is, I mean, well, sort of, we saw Tucker Carlson made, when he mentioned Tara Mac. Yeah, they should yeah. make her the presidential nominee. <laughs> She's right. the face of the Democratic Party. That's the kind of stuff. But I think there is that fear. I mean, when you bring up Tara Mac, as as we said earlier, the the way they've structured things, progressives, is they can do anything. She can be half naked on a beach talking about pornography terms, and that's yeah. fine. But if you criticize her or can be seen as criticizing her, suddenly that's beyond the pale. So everybody else has to, progressives get to do anything. Everybody else has to walk in eggshells. And I wonder if that's part of the concern uh, with the callous camp. And we did we did see some of that during the, the forum where you know they went in and as you reported, they went in thinking they were gonna be the big target. And so they were kind yeah. of nervous about it. When really, I think there, there's a lot of lessons to be just go on the go on the offense. The 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 game could not be any more favorable for you at this point with a president as low as Biden and and radicals behaving as poorly as Mac. I mean, that's a pretty should be a pretty, uh, pretty fertile ground for, for a, a modestly aggressive candidate. And the, and the chance to pick up independent voters, because I'm sure independent voters fall in the camp that Biden is failing and also that Mac is, is an embarrassment. I, uh, I, I, I think I think it's a missed opportunity. Um, and also I, I did also note on depetro.com how how come Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor, how come she hasn't been asked about Mac? How come Deborah Girio hasn't been asked about uh, the, the antics of Mac? How come Gorbea, folks, you know, a Republican can't do an interview without being asked about you know, do you think that President Trump on 2020, would you vote for him again? Uh, what do you think about Kevin McCarthy? What do you think about January 6th? They, they can't do any interview without those questions being being asked. And yet, how come none of the women are saying, do you think that that's a good for a female candidate? Do you think this sets people back? Do you think it's unprofessional? I mean, nothing. Zero. Um, and you're right. It's probably they don't want to. Finally, with uh, with CD2. Uh, right now, unless something changes, we just have no reason to see that it's going to be anything other than Alan Fung against uh, Seth Magaziner. He uh, was trying to make some noise initially, but if, if I think if you're Fung, you just keep working the district, which he seems to be. He seems to be out every day kind of just letting people know, be visible and trying to see as many people as possible. Right, right. I think so. And I, but I think there's also room for Fung as well to start. Yeah, he. I mean, his his persona is a bit different, and he he needs to be, or he he comes off as more kind of affable and and friendly and moderate, and so he. But he can certainly there's room for him to be emphasizing the issues that are on people's minds, like the economy. He doesn't have to be yeah. as as aggressive saying. Biden's horrible, go after Tierra Mac and that kind of thing. But there's a lot of room for him. And I think there's a lot of, I know that's worth mentioning and bringing back up the, the conversation about ballot harvesting and such. If, if we're correct, the whole, the whole game is getting on that list that the ballot harvesters are using. And um, if they can, the more Republicans like Fong and Kalis can, can draw wed, throw red wedges between Democrats, the more they'll confuse that, that game. And, and that can help them as well in the, you know, the behind the scenes campaign that, the, that nobody can, can actually see from the media. That is an excellent point. Folks, again, he is the uh, managing editor, anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz, our po- segment of politics this week. Justin, great job as always. Enjoy the summer and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Have a great afternoon. The Senadale Revival. Stop it and see them. Comfort food and cocktails. You're going to love the Centerdale Revival, located 2025 Smith Street, North Providence, right in Centerdale, right across from North Providence Town Hall. Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence.